How do you start a podcast? Um, I think there's a form <laughs> that you have to fill in. Um, yeah. And then you get a script. And then you are designated to speak at the high chair. Cool. I mean, I've not done any of that. We've just hit record. Yeah, um, and especially high chairs are a problem for me. They're, well, they're just chairs. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening to this, then welcome to the first episode of Wargamers Anonymous with me, Captain Pickle, and my co-host... Me, Elston, the other one. The other one. The other one. <laughs> We've decided to do a podcast, as you can tell, because you're listening Mm. to a podcast (laughs) i'm sure that this will get a lot more natural as we go on and do more episodes but this is the first one this is a bit bizarre so here we are elston why don't you tell all the lovely people that are listening a little bit about yourself i'll tell you well well i'll tell you what i'll give you the rundown of who i am once upon a time in a galaxy far 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 but also round the corner away there was a child he was born into the world and he was born with special powers. He could fly. He was invisible. He was super strong. He could shoot lasers out of his eyes. That was not me. I was at the other end of the galaxy being born out of a normal human. Anyway, let's bring it back onto something a little <laughs> bit more sensible. My, my name is Elston. I've been doing social media stuff for a, the past decade. That's scary to say that kind of thing. Uh, I do wargaming. And this is the point where we go... Hi, Alston, because we're Wargamers Anonymous. Don't worry, that will come into play as we bring guests on. Uh, Yes, well, what about me? I do Wargaming. I've been doing YouTube for the past decade. I am very confused at what I'm doing right now. Uh, This is all new. However, I've been doing this sort of thing for a long time. It's just I'm used to looking at a camera and saying it. This time, it's all about my voice. So I might change the voice, make it rather more arousing for all of you beautiful people that have my voice in your ear holes. It's, it's what the people want. Yeah, yeah. Probably. For, <laughs> probably, possibly, might not, might have turned off by now. Anyway, uh, you can find me on the YouTube called Elstonation. I do have a Facebook page, which is there. I have a couple of other things I'm dabbling in, but mainly you can find me on the internet under Elstonation. And a lot of the times I end up on your YouTube channel as well. On that note, let's pass it over to Mr. Vickle there and let's ask, who are you, where'd you come from, and what's your purpose in life? All right, Silla Black. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Captain Pickle, or Josh, as, you know, I was born. (laughs) And I do a YouTube channel. I run The Pickle Jar on YouTube, on on all the social medias, Instagram and everything. I've also recently started working with Luke over at Geek Gaming Scenics, so I'm over on that channel as well, doing, again, miniatures-related content, painting, gaming, uh, all sorts of hobby stuff, and... uh, I've I've been umming around and, and wanting to start a podcast for a good long while, and uh, kept putting it off and not really doing anything about it. And me and Elson have worked together in the past on a number of projects, probably most infamously the Chilling War Gamers, which we were both uh, hosts on. We've decided to we've decided to to branch out and do this because we missed working together. So here we are. So this podcast, War Gamers Anonymous, is. It's going to get better, I promise. Stick with us. It's going to evolve. It's going to uh, feel more natural. We're going to get into a flow. Uh, This is the first episode, and we just wanted to do something where we get together 
I think we're going to be monthly for now, and um, we'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. This is just going to be a nice, chilled out podcast we can listen to, where we're going to we're going to take a topic and talk about different wargaming things. There is going to be nonsense involved. Don't worry about that. Yes. Uh, we'll cover some bits of news, and uh, yeah, we're just going to have fun with it. So, if you do want to get involved and help shape future episodes, then uh, get in touch. There'll be links to where you can get in touch, like my Discord, Facebook groups, all that sort of stuff. There'll be links down below where you can uh, get in touch and suggest future topics for us to talk about or discuss. We are also hoping that we will be appearing on most places where you can find podcasts as well. So don't you worry if you have a specific thing you're preference to, preference to, preferable, think you'd like, then hopefully (laughs) we'll be there in your ears. Uh, yeah, yes. we should be. We're, we're planning on uploading this to YouTube. We're also planning on putting it on Spotify, on iTunes, and just everywhere, all the places where you can normally listen to podcasts. If we miss any, just let us know and we'll chuck it up on the places that we miss, basically. One thing we should probably also mention as well, if you're not aware where our kind of genre lies, we are into the tabletop wargaming thing. So if you thought this was a motorbike podcast, you're wrong. I'm sorry, you've come to the wrong place. If you want to stay tuned for nonsense, though, you'll probably get it. So all of you eager motorcycle enthusiasts that also want to learn a little bit about tabletop wargaming, stay tuned. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> the name Wargamers Anonymous obviously makes me think, oh, that's a motorbike podcast. And to be fair, a lot of the times wargamers get mixed up with like airsofting and paintballing. Right. Because they're war gamers. It's a different kind of war gaming. Yeah, that's why we have to put the abbreviate like the tabletop before tabletop war gamers. Tabletop war gamers. We're just going with war gamers anonymous because tabletop war gamers anonymous is far too much of a thing to say. That's a bit of a mouthful. Yeah. So war gamers anonymous, but we're not into airsofting. We might get into airsofting in the future, but I have no plans currently. <laughs> not right now. <laughs> not right now. No. So. I guess one of the things that I want to do when we start off the podcast, tweezers in. I know this has been a bit of a rambling intro because mm. it's the first episode. I promise it will get smoother from this one on, onwards. Mm. Um, but one of the things that I'd like to do is just to sort of... This is, this is a, a bit of a catch-up for us as well. Like I know we talk and stuff, but it's, it's nice to have a bit of a catch-up. So, Elston, what have, you, what have you been working on recently? What models have you been painting? What have you been building? Mm. Brief rundown because mm. it's you. So mm. just... Okay. Okay. Well, I'll I'll talk about what I was doing today first off. I have been editing a video, which should hopefully be coming out. If you're listening to this in the future, it may already be out by now. Um, it's about my Tyranid Xenomorph army. I uh, believe it's gonna be ready for tomorrow. I just need to cut and change a lot of things. I've had an interesting day of going to pick people up. I was supposed to be spending hours working on this, but phone calls happened. Anyway, let's not get sidetracked about all the other things in my life. That is what I'm planning on releasing tomorrow. As regards to what model-wise, I have actually not been painting anything for a little while now. And the reason being for that is I am building everything I own. Everything. All of them. All the models, All the, the entire back catalogue. The entire pile of shame is getting assembled. That's quite the undertaking. Yeah, I'm not sure I should have done it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's mental. I'm running out of room already. I'm about 
a third of the way through. Wow. Yeah. It, I, I've just, uh, the last couple of days, I've finished building my Primark collection. So for all you 30K nerds, I have all but two of the Primarks assembled, ready to go. Um, well, I have Girly Man, which I'm converting into a double-fisting Girly Man. That's a statement and a half. And also Khan. I don't have Khan yet. I will get the Khan because he's awesome. Um, and yeah, I have a big pile of resin and plastic that is assembling and is growing. And we're going to be moving on to more plastic kits soon. And it will just take shape around me and become my life environment that I exist in. Well, that's, that's quite an impressive undertaking for you, to, for, especially for you to be assembling your entire mountain of shame. I, I've seen, I've seen parts of the mountain of shame. Mm. Um, mm. So that is that is impressive. Yeah, um, to give everyone that's listening a bit of a visualization, um, I. Last year, I painted 1,537 models, was it? Something like that. So, And I think that was about, uh, I want to say, quarter of my pile of shame. Yeah, basically, if you want to envision Elston right now, you know the scene from the uh, end of the second Hobbit film where <laughs> Bilbo's looking through Smog's hoard of gold. Yeah. Or Smaug. 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 The the mountains of gold that's just everywhere. That's Elston's room. Mm, But not gold. That is Elston. Yeah. And and Elston is hobbit-sized. Yeah. Um, It's it's just more resin and plastic. Yeah. Not not metal. So there's an image for you. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, sometimes I slide down it. and Like, sometimes I dive into it like Scrooge McDuck. (laughs) Tales reference for all, all of you older people out there. And there's there's another there's another image for you. Yeah, diving. Shall I talk about what I've been doing? Yeah, why not? Let's do it. What you, what have you been up to? See, when, when we get better at podcasting, what we'll do is you'll know to go. And what have you been working on? <laughs> well, it's fine. This first episode. It's fine. I got excited about my big pile of plastic. I know. I know. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, what have I been working on? Uh, all sorts of stuff. I have been working on some 3D prints, uh, some kobolds from Warp Miniatures. I'm mean, really enjoying painting them. They're so full of character. I started them on a stream and I'm sort of working on them bits and pieces in between. I've recently finished uh, painting a Hulk model for Marvel Crisis Protocol. Oh. Yeah, I've done completely with the dry brush and I'm, I'm actually... I was a bit sort of umming and ahhing about it at first, but I'm actually really happy with it, considering that it it took me like an hour, and it's apart from the eyes and the teeth, it's all dry brushed. Wonderful. Um, So I'm I'm pretty happy with that. That'll be a video that'll be coming out probably next week at some point, maybe. Do do you you find once you unlock the ability to paint use just using dry brushing that the game changes monstrously. I mean, dry, dry brushing is one of them things where I used to do dry brushing a lot mm. and then I forced myself to stop relying on it mm-hmm. and learn to, for want of a better phrase, paint properly. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, that, not that dry brushing isn't painting properly, but forced myself to stop using it and then got some nice, fancy dry brushes from Artist Opus and uh, decided, do you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this a go. I'm going to try and paint a model just dry brushing. And I got this one through... And I was like, that's perfect, because there's lots of nice shapes on it with all the muscles and stuff. And I did it, and I was like, oh, this looks really nice. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't... Did, yeah. Did you use the... Did, they, did Have you got one of the dampening pads? Yes. Did you use it and, like, use any stippling effects as well? Yes, on his shorts. Oh, 
how much, how nice is that to have a dry brush, but it also be kind of wet? And then the yeah. effects you get off of it is just, oh, so good. Although I, I, I did it wrong at first <laughs> and it was too wet. Uh, and then I was essentially just painting with a massive brush. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I sort of started over. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's what I've, that's the most recent thing I've been working on. Uh, I've been getting some other bits and pieces put together. Uh, I've been trying out the new speed paints from Army Painter. I, th- I saw you got sent a whole bunch of them, didn't you? Yeah, I've got like the full the full mega set, Mr. which is is pretty cool. Celebratoire. I don't know about that. <laughs> So yeah, that's cool. What else? I think that's about it, to be honest, at the minute. I've got a few other projects in the pipeline, but that's what I've been working on recently. My brain, when you said pipeline, my brain went to a very crude place rather quickly. And and it's like, no, need to not do that. Brilliant. Not to to talk about projects in the pipeline. Should we move on to the main topic now? Now that we've talked about... Now that we've talked about what we've been working on. Yes, yes, yes. I think we should before my brain goes somewhere bad. Yeah, let's talk <laughs> about what we need to talk about on the main topic, which I'm having to read again. So I, if you have appreciate my delaying tactics while my eyes catch up with what my brain should be doing. So this is a, that's another peek behind the curtain. Yeah. This is, we've got, we've got the, 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 I want to say document. It's not a document. <laughs> it's just a, a message on Discord. Um, <laughs> We've got a, a running thing. So the main topic for today's episode is uh, getting into miniature wargaming, how to do it, what to do if you're new to the hobby, be that painting or gaming. And we're going to talk a little bit about how we got into the hobby and any tips and advice, like different things you can do, different things where to start, and all that sort of stuff. Mm. So, Such Elston... Such a good topic, such a good because I've got us, I've got an interesting direction to go here uh, that is wow. different to what a lot of people say. Because when uh, people talk about getting into wargaming, they're like, "What you should do? Find a friend to get like find out what they do, or buy a kit and buy these paints and stuff like that." I have a different direction to go. I can see you're excited about this, so yeah. I'll, I'll let I'll let you go first. Let's. You just flow off those <laughs> inspirational thoughts, Alison. You just go for it, man. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. So I'm going to advise getting into Wargaming exactly the same way I got into Wargaming. And that is find a board game with miniatures. Right. And play it with your friends, with your family, whatever, and start there. I was really expecting more of a profound suggestion it, let- than just get a board game i wish there was more to it but actually no there's loads to it um yeah let, let's explain let, let me unwrap this little brilliant parcel of genius that i've just unraveled um <laughs> blowing smoke up my own ass anyway um <laughs> right where's my logic going with get this board game with miniatures and play it i think one of the funnest aspects of miniature hobbying wargaming etc etc is playing the game mm-hmm. that is high up there on the just on the, on the radar of like things to do, things to accomplish. The most enjoyable part is arguably playing the game with your friends. I would say that is one of the high points. Painting is a different kind of mindset. It's enjoyable, but I find it's a, more of a therapy thing. If you want to get those endorphins running and generally have a good time, have a laugh and. Teach your brain it's a pleasant experience. Get a board game with miniatures, play it, and have fun. 
to start with. Don't even think about painting. Don't even think about converting or assembly. Just do that as a starting point. Once you're into that, in theory, your brain will go, okay, cool. This is a fun thing to do. I should do more of it. And to be honest, this, this is how I got into it. I got into playing Hero Quest and Space Crusade. Not really a lot to assemble in those, but Space Crusade had more parts, but um, Hero Quest, none really. I think there were a couple of models you had to push together. But apart from that, you got the board game, you played it, you could even play solo. So if you can find a game which has a solo mode as well, so you're playing against like an AI system, do that. Teach your brain first off that this is a good thing rather than, oh God, I've just bought 1,500 models and I'm never going to paint them. Don't do that. Don't go down that rabbit hole straight away. Buy the game, teach yourself it's a good thing. Then after you've done that, look at, go, right, okay. Does this game have any expansions? If not, okay, find another game. If it does, have a look at the expansions. Maybe get the expansions. Okay, play that. Once you've enjoyed all that, look at the models and go, how cool would they be if they had paint on them? And that's the point where you unlock the hobby side of things. So I strongly suggest start off by having fun and then unlock the hobby elements. <laughs> okay, start, start off by having fun. And then once you've had enough fun, then just ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that. Just get into the grind afterwards and build up that pile of shame so that you look back on it and you think, wow, if I hadn't have bought this, I could have paid off my mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> See, is it, I find it interesting that, that, that your suggestion is uh, to... to Start with the gaming side. Mm. I mean, considering like the amount that you paint, mm. yeah, I find it very interesting that that is your go-to. That your your your, and not that it's wrong. Not that there's yeah. anything wrong with it at all. Like it, it's a, it's a it is a very different approach, um, yeah. but a perfectly valid one. Yeah. Um, well, it was a it was something I was thinking about, and I. I think the task of assembling and painting is far too daunting as a starting point. And I think mm -hmm. it is too easy in this day and age to see what other people are doing, listen to other people's opinions on the internet, and put a standard to where you are not and put it, make a mountain out of a molehill. So mm -hmm. I would suggest having fun first off. Start there. Um, like if you can get hold of the new, I say the new Hero Quest board game, but it's an old revamped version of that. Start there. It's a great point because also your kids can get involved if you've got children, or if you whatever if you're young age. I just think I think you need to start off from a place of enjoyment instead of starting off at a point of going, I want to be the best painter in the world and I need to get better straight away. Enjoy enjoy it first, then then do all the boring stuff afterwards. Yeah, I mean, like, like I said, perfectly, perfectly valid suggestion. Mm. Counterpoint. I think a lot of the time we. So here's the thing: it, board games with miniatures. I think it's kind of like a blurred line. It's not. It is part of the hobby, but also, I think board games are not wargaming. So it depends. It depends on. So like my the way I, when I look at it, and I look at someone getting into the hobby. I'd, I automatically like think of Warhammer, Age of Sigmar, 40k. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It automatically goes to Games Workshop because that is, I think, what most people will start off by playing some form of, of Games Workshop game and mm -hmm. miniatures because sure. they are the biggest 
company yeah. Yeah. on on the market. Not like you know, there's, there's there are plenty of others that are absolutely fantastic, but Games Workshop most recognisable sort of household name in terms of miniatures. Yeah. So my suggestion um, for people getting into the miniatures game would be just go down to a local store, whether you've got an independent, whether you've got an actual like GW, and pop in store, have a chat. Most of the store managers that I've spoken to in both independents and actual GW stores tend to be okay. Yeah. Like most of them are like, yeah, yeah, I'm not saying that all of them are. Obviously, there's going to be exceptions. Don't, we, don't hold me to that. I, I think that's, an, to be fair, I think that's an old opinion that we've got going on there. I don't think that's that true anymore on the GW pressuring sales thing. I think that's a, I think that's an old opinion. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I mean, whether or not, I don't know because I'm not a new customer anymore. And and you can tell, like, I go into a store, some, you know, I go to a store somewhere not in my local town, and someone else, you know, they go, hi, yeah, can we help you or anything? And, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just, you know, just having a nosy. Yeah, no problem. Let us know if you need help. And that's it. That's all you get. You don't get the, oh, have you seen this release? Have you seen this new release? You don't get any of that anymore. Um, it's not as bad as it used to be. So my suggestion would be just nip into a local store, have a look around, see what pit takes your interest. Like, have a look at the different types of models, whether it's, don't tie yourself to a system straight away. Just go in and have a look at the, all the different models. If you can go to a bigger Warhammer store, that's better because they'll have more of the range in stock. Um, and just have a look, see what takes your fancy. Is it something 40K? Is it Age of Sigmar? Is it Blood Bowl? Is it Necromunda? Like all these different models that are available for different games. And then just pick something. Just pick a box. It can be one model, maybe a character or something. Uh, maybe just go for like a, some basic troops or something whatever just pick a box grab a brush a few paints don't buy a brush from games workshop though get it cheaper somewhere else <laughs> yeah and just take it home because for me like i think a, such a big part of this hobby is building and painting mm. that the gaming part is fun i do i 100 agree but gaming with miniatures that you have to build and paint yourself for stuff like that is very different to building and painting so then playing with and painting models for a board game that you don't really have to do anything with you can just use them as they are because they're just game pieces mm. rather than miniatures I, I, even I, though they are the same thing but yeah and i think I, I i will revise my earlier statement in the essence of depending on who you're dealing with i think is a more uh practical way of dealing with it so for example if someone is artistic and uh, i don't want to use a stereotype generalization but i'm gonna anyway um i tend to find uh women females are more inclined to just hobby rather than game so much um i think the war gaming element is a lot of the time usually i want to say almost hardwired into men just for Kill, smash, conquer, win, you know, testosterone, all that jazz. I think that's where if you were dealing with someone that had no experience with wargaming whatsoever, uh, like a nerdy thing, like if my brother is a mechanic, got no interest in that, I would sit him down with a board game where it would be relatively simple. You could play it within an hour and it had miniatures. And that would be my way with him. 
Um, however, I think if someone else that was maybe an artist or did some kind of hobby craft activity during the day already, I would maybe look at the hobby element, so the painting and the building on in that aspect and push them down that road. So, yeah, revised earlier statement. Depending on who it is, I would take one of those two approaches, I think. Yeah. I mean, that's not to say that, like, you know, women can only paint in the hobby, obviously. Not at all. No. But, yeah, I get get what you're saying. It's very dependent on what sort of person you are and what interests you the most, which I guess, because that's the other problem we have is, like, a lot of the times we just call it the hobby, and Mm. that encompasses building, painting, like, playing games, like making dioramas, like it it covers everything. Whereas realistically, each one is its own hobby in its own right. Like I know people that just kit bash and build stuff and they don't paint anything and they don't play games. They just build stuff. I I don't get it. What are you doing afterwards? Like just (laughs) all these built models that have got no paint on them and they're not for anything. But that's what they enjoy doing. Yeah, exactly. So I guess that's that's the other thing, really. Like you've got to sort of ask yourself, what is it that's attracted you to the hobby? Is it the building and painting side, or is it the gaming side? If it is the gaming side, maybe do what Elson suggested, and you know, pick up a, a board game, or if, even if not a board game, pick up one of the smaller skirmish games of something. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, which I find. That they would be my go-to stuff like Blood Bowl, Necromunda, Warcry, Shadespire, all the all the smaller style. I mean, Shadespire, like that's that is literally a board game. Yeah, you just buy different packs of teams, cards. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. So it is it is a board game. Yeah, exactly. And uh, an interesting thing is uh, now that I just thought about it is um. Sometimes you will have people in an element of the hobby which are not necessarily um oh how to phrase this right. They're in the hobby community, but they're not in your part of the hobby because the the hobby community has become massive now. So for example, and, and to put this into context, so for example, um Michael and Ben and Colin and uh, so Michael from that one videos, Ben from Benji's Hobbies, and Colin from the Crazy Crafter. Uh, Colin more t- into D&D, Michael and Ben more into Lord of the Rings fascination. Um, all kind of doing hobby stuff, but not Warhammer. Yeah, because you get Colin. Colin makes a lot of terrain uh, for D&D and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And he's getting into mini painting. Ben, obviously massive into Lord of the Rings and does a lot of mini painting. Nat One does terrain, mm-hmm. mini painting, like diorama type things. But it, it's all classed as the hobby. Yeah. And it, as I said, it, it's gotten so massive now that um, I, I think trying to get someone into the hobby, I think is becoming easier and easier and also becoming more and more difficult at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, because easier because there's so many different avenues you can take. Every different option you can do, you can push them down. Loads of different things. So the Lord of the Rings, you do that. For the D&D, you can do that. Uh, but at the same time, for someone, introducing someone to that, you've got to try and figure out which one of those paths they've got to take, or not got to mm-hmm. take, but would like to take. Because there is a possibility, if you send them down the wrong path, 
it's it's going to have a, a default backlash reaction where they're like, no, this is dumb, um, and then just walk it walk away. No, and and then and then unfortunately, it may well just tarnish the whole thing, and it will never happen. But yeah, sorry. Over so you. I mean, like, like yeah, w- when I first got into the hobby, I started out with the Lord of the Rings like fortnightly magazine, mm. and I collected that for a few weeks. I had the first few issues. Got some models, did some painting, you know, played played against myself, and then sort of went. I want to know more about this. I want to see what other stuff I can get. There's a games workshop at, at local to me. And I went in. I was there for two hours, and I walked out with arms full of Space Marines. <laughs> and I've still never gone back and and painted and played a full Lord of the Rings army. No. Yeah. I want to. I've got the models for it now. I just need to do it. But. My point is, is I started out with Lord of the Rings because I was into Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. But when I went and saw all the stuff that was on offer, I changed my mind on what I wanted to collect. Sure. And that's, I, I think that's something which, if you are purposely trying to get someone into the hobby or someone has specifically asked you to that, is let them decide at the end mm-hmm. of the day. Show them as many options as you can without massively overwhelming them um show them as many options as long as it's fun that's that's the point i'm trying to get to mainly just make it fun like like it, if, if they're into crafting make it like a fun thing so look this looks cool you can build it you can paint it yourself fun or you, if you like gaming if you like smashing and killing and conquering and stuff like that let's play a game fun and sometimes it may well be just a case of they like collecting things. In which case, you just show the whole shop. Be like, look, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, everything that you could think of. And just let them go and be free and fly into the sunset with arms full of plastic and no money in their wallet. I think that's a good point as well is... Most people will have um, a, a franchise that they like, whether it be Star Wars or Lord of the Rings or Alien or... Do you know what I mean? There's all these different films and, and games and things like that that they might like in other media that there will be something out there that's in, in miniature form, whether it's a board game, whether it's just a, a one-off box game, whether it's an RPG type thing. There's, there's stuff out there for all different kinds of franchises. So maybe that's an option is... Find something that they like. Oh, you like Star Wars? Well, mm-hmm. here's some droids. No, don't do don't, don't give them droids. <laughs> I'll put them off the hobby for forever. Here's some here's some clone troopers. They're, you don't need to build these. They're fantastic. Uh, are you mad that I pick clones and you pick droids? I mean, to be fair, even giving them clones, then asking them to paint them, they've got to paint white. So that's also a bad idea. Because uh, you first dip into the hobby. Yeah, yeah. Until until you learn the secrets of airbrushing, and then it's just like. And then it's just easy. It's just easy. <laughs> but we'll but we'll not we'll not get into that. No. Maybe that's a topic for another day. Yeah, yeah. So I and I, I yeah, well I mean it kind of leads me into a little bit of an interesting point where you get someone into into the hobby. Going back to the not overwhelming them essence, letting them do it themselves without because I know people and I used to be pretty bad for it, uh, but I'm kind of I'm learning from it now. Is just let them do it. Like, let, if they want to paint, let them paint how they want to paint to start with. Unless they ask you for advice, in which case, mm-hmm. give it to them. If 
you if they don't ask you for advice and you can see they're just having a whale of a time just let them go just run just make sure you don't leave your nice paintbrushes near them because you know what's going to happen they're just going to get wrecked so just give them yeah. just give them normal brushes away you go if they look like they're struggling that's when you can step in and go look this is how i would do it or this is this is kind of something i would suggest and just kind of nudge them in the direction rather than uh, like here's a step step by step tutorial follow me otherwise you're wrong that's the thing yeah make sure they know there is no there is no wrong way of painting like everyone paints different styles different ways to a different standard like re really there's no wrong way it's whatever you're happy with um, yeah you're doing your hobby wrong of, um, <laughs> yeah. on the topic of uh, the brushes that you mentioned as well like don't leave your, your nice brushes it's one one piece of advice i will give don't buy fancy brushes no straight away no just get yourself down to a cheap shop if you're in the UK, I go to the works, a pack of four brushes for three quid. <laughs> I thought you said chip shop. <laughs> it's it's a cheap, cheap shop, not chip shop. Go <laughs> tell the chip um, shop and get some brushes on. <laughs> no, a pack of four for three quid, you can get them on Amazon, like packs of fantastic synthetic brushes, nice and cheap. Don't buy them from Games Workshop. They are overpriced for what they are. Yeah. But also, don't bother going out and buying like fancy like sable brushes to start with because you will ruin you'll them. either either one of two things either you will ruin them by mistake because you, you're not sure what you're doing with them or you'll be too terrified of ruining them and you'll not use them anyway yeah that's fair i've been true. painting for 20 years and when i get a brand new set of brushes it still takes me weeks before i go i'm actually going to use these brushes now because they look nice and clean and tidy I mean, I do I do most of my painting with cheap synthetic stuff. I, I would say a good 80% of the painting that I do is with cheap synthetic brushes that I replace every six months or so. Yeah. Like I said, £4 every six months is not bad. Yeah. And I replace them when they're running running down and they're not keeping the points, and then I get some new ones. And I keep my nice brushes for sort of fine detail work, for glazing if I'm doing glazing and stuff, anything like that, like highlights, fine detail where I'm not going to be loading them up with loads and loads of paint. So that mm. is one piece of advice I will give that is a specific piece of advice and not just vague, maybe you should do this. Yeah, to, to piggyback off of that as well is to uh, add it, don't let anyone tell you that one brand of paint is better than another brand of paint as well, because that's ridiculous. Like, yeah, everyone's paints do different things. I'm all for experimenting, like... I, I've got loads of paints, like a silly amount, because I like testing them out and seeing what they can do and stuff like that. Is one better than the other? No, not really. Unless they are fundamentally like they don't mix well, they don't come out right, you don't get any kind of coverage, then uh, there, there are a few, usually in the sort of yellow, white, and gray mm -hmm. side of things, they can be quite problematic. Oh, orange as well. Orange, orange is every single orange paint I own goes weird, and I don't know why. Um, have you not? Used, have you used the orange pro acryl? Um, I haven't actually. No. They are. Yeah. Well, there you go. I was just about to say most paint brands will. There's no such thing as a paint brand where the entire range is mm. 
rubbish yes. or, or no use. Every paint brand will have a few that are either the worst of the bunch or that are just outright awful. I'm looking at you, Corax White. <laughs> um, all, all paint rangers have them. They have some that are weaker, they have some that are better. However, I have been using the Procol range a lot recently. It's nice, isn't and it? I am, I am, I am yet to find a paint that I don't like in that range. Yeah, I know. I've not used every single one yet, so maybe it's still out there. But I, I am yet to find one. The problem that I have with Procryl, if you can call it a problem, is that it, it it covers. So if you're wanting to do any sort of thin layers of layering, you really have to water that down. Yeah, yeah, that is. because because it because it does just cover. Like two two layers of two thin layers of white over black and it's covered. It is insane. So I mean, and that's. I, I, but, but here's an interesting point as well. Not not to counter it, but um, like I don't know. I haven't tried the transparency side of things with Pro Acryl yet. But they. Am I right in saying that they haven't got a candle to something like non-oil or Agrax Earthshade yet? No, but, they don't. They don't have washers. The, the, the transparents that they do have, I, they're not designed to be washers. No. Like, so. not, not in the same way as, as Agrax Earthshade and stuff from Citadel. They're sort of halfway between an ink and a contrast paint. The, gotcha. the transparents are weird. I don't really know how to describe them. They, they might just be inks by the sounds of it, um, because if you get the ink tents range from Scale 75, it's such vibrant colours that yeah. I, it's really, um, it almost it overpowers most things. It's It's such an interesting thing. Anyway, let's bring us back on topic to like newbies <laughs> and stuff like that before we go down. Yeah, the, that was uh, that paint. was a hell of a hell of a ramble away. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> excited about paints <laughs> before we go down Paint Valley. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe that's another topic for another future episode. Uh, is ah, yeah, paints coming up loads of them every single episode. Um, there we go. Yeah, so all, all we're saying is uh, that the. There's, it's like a golden age of wargaming right now. There's so many things, so much new stuff's coming out all the time. Just d d go with where you want to go and is, is the main thing. And if you are trying to help someone into the hobby, help them decide. Don't you decide for them. Help them decide. Here's a very controversial thing. Here's a very controversial thing. If you go into a store and someone, you're talking to a manager or person in the store and they go have you seen this have you seen this and they keep on throwing ideas at you they're a salesman you're better off chilling out just pick up one thing and just go i want this or just walk away because i have that sometimes in some stores not just gw other other stores where and i don't this isn't just walking this is everything if someone has just thrown an idea idea i idea after idea after idea and that was a weird way to say that at you um, they are just trying to sell you something. So if if that's happening, back off, go home, find it cheaper online and order it from Amazon or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the, I mean, to be fair, you can always look around online anyway at stuff. And obviously you've then got the entirety of the internet to look at. If you go into a store, you've only got what they've got in store to look at. The only reason I say that is because, speaking personally, I get like decision paralysis mm -hmm. a lot. Mm -hmm. Like with all sorts of things. Oh, I've got a free evening to play Xbox tonight. I'll sit down. What should I play? Three hours later, still not started playing anything. So I don't know what to play. So, like, if you've suddenly granted that, right, 
I'm going to get into the hobby. What shall I do? And you're just showing the entirety of the miniatures hobby. Yeah. Okay. All games, all ranges, all companies, all like that's too much. Yeah. So just, but that's my advice is nip it into a shop because then you can go, oh, that looks cool. I'll pick that and paint that. Yeah. But then you might paint that and really enjoy painting it, but then you might not enjoy how it plays when it comes to the gaming side. Uh, so yeah. it, it does it does always help if you've got friends or other people that are either getting into the hobby or are already in the hobby. Uh, speak to them yeah. and, and get some advice, but ultimately you do need to make your own mind up and decide what you want to do sort of by yourself and it, it'd be your decision rather than mm. one that's been made for you. There's um there's one more point which I've last little thing which I've thought about is when it comes to the actual gaming side of things. Now I mentioned it obviously about starting off in board games and working your way into it that way. If you are gonna go start off into the war gaming side of things, we're talking stuff like Warhammer, uh, Star Wars Legion, Age of Sigma, all, all that kind of stuff. There is a lot to learn, so brace yourself because there's a lot to learn. So if you can get one of the magazines or step-by-step -step guides or just start off slowly, that's great. If you've got a friend that will teach you, brilliant. Go with that. That's the best thing. I will tell you this one thing. Just expect to lose when you first go. Probably not going to win. If you do, fair play to your opponent for letting you win. Fair yeah. play. All right, cool. So let's, uh, let's move on. We've got a couple of bits of news we want to do. It's not going to be super news. We're not going to cover everything, uh, but just things that are sort of we've noticed or we've have decided we want to talk about. We'll just cover them at the end of the episodes, I think. Uh, so the couple that we've got on today. First one, there's a new part works uh, from Hatchet. This has come around a bit soon. Obviously, the previous previous part works have always overlapped a little bit. It's usually the last sort of ten to twenty issues of the previous one. And then the new ones start. We're only sort of, well, we're not even halfway through the current Imperium. For anyone that doesn't know, Partworks are, uh, it's a weekly magazine where you get miniatures or paints or both. Um, and you, you can either do it via subscription or you can pick it up in stores if, you, I mean, at this point, you're pretty much on a subscription or you're not getting it. And that's what you do. And you, it works out cheaper in the long run. If you were going to get these models, it's cheaper to get them this way than it is to buy them in the boxes from a store. Uh, now, the issue with this, for me, is that it's starting, like, soon. Mm. You're real soon, isn't it? Yeah. Like, it's, it, I think it's like eight, it's like £9 an issue. Like, the first one's, like, the first couple are usually a little bit cheaper, but it's generally £9 an issue, which, if you're already subscribed to Imperium, like I am, it's £35, £36 a month. So then, if you were to subscribe to this one as well, that's then £72 a month. Yes. Yeah. And, I'm, and seven, when you say it like that, £72 on miniatures a month, it's like, oh, well, that's not that bad because I'd spend that anyway. But that's, it's pre-spent money. It's yeah. like that's £72 that is already set aside for these magazines, whether you want the, and you might not necessarily want those bits that month. You might go, oh, I, I wanted to buy a, you know, a whatever. And it's a, it's a lot of money to have sort of pre-set aside every month guaranteed going on yeah, magazines. Yeah, I... I, I... I can see the appeal. I've seen the appeal for these magazines for a long time. I've not bought into them, apart from the moments when I want something that a specific issue has, in which case it's dirt cheap. So, for example, when the... What was the first... Flayed one? ones. 
I missed out on the flayed ones. I was really annoyed at that. I was like, oh, what? The flayed ones? Like, for eight quid or what was it? Nine, 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 nine pounds for five flayed ones oh. instead of 35 pounds. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Issue 15 of Imperium, rest in peace. Oh, tell me about it. So, yeah, I missed out completely on that one. However, the one before that, the, the sorry, the series. Mortal Realms. But, no, the one, the 40k one before that. Was it Conquest? Oh, uh, Conquest. Conquest. So when Conquest came out, there was a point where there was a uh, a rhino in there. It was right. part of a Death Guard rhino. So you got, part one was just the rhino chassis. So you got an entire rhino. And then part two of the two-week cycle, whatever, you got the chaos conversion parts. But I, I, me being into like 30k, rhinos, still a big thing. Whereas I know in new Primaris days, they're not. So I was like, that's, and I think it was like seven or eight pounds mm-hmm. for a copy. Um, I am sorry to everyone on the internet or in the world that wanted a rhino um, because I went and bought like 10 copies of that thing. <laughs> it was like 80 quid. And I was like, Yes! I've now got 10 rhinos! <laughs> and this is the issue. So Elston's part of the problem here. <laughs> so this is the issue with the part works. Is basically, you have to subscribe. You'll get the first four, five, six maybe issues that will be in supermarkets and news agents and stuff. And then, like all part works, they start sort of falling off and they're not always going to be guaranteed. Or they might only get one or two copies in. When you get the issues like this, like the flayed ones or like the Rhino from Conquest, it's, it's the, those ones that are popular and those ones that, that are going to sell out because it's too much of a bargain to pass up on. Like even if you're really not, like if you're doing Necrons and you're really not like bothering doing it with them at the minute and it's just sort of a, a passing collection, you can't skip on five flayed ones for nine pounds <laughs> exactly when you've got a saving I, I, of 20 pounds uh, how yeah. do you do, how exactly so i mean i like the part works like i said that i first got into the hobby doing the lord of the rings like fortnightly magazine um i skipped conquest and i skipped uh mortal realms mm-hmm. apart from the first issue of mortal realms which i bought like 10 copies of because <laughs> it was three pound and you got a hell of a lot of night haunt and <laughs> uh, Stormcast. Um, but I have subscribed to Imperium, mainly because it's Necrons and Space Marines, and I collect both of those armies. Fair the problem enough. that I normally have is it's either armies that I don't collect yet, or I only do one of the two. Yeah. Whereas with this one, because I do both, I feel like I am I am getting my money's worth. Yeah. How much of the stuff have I built and painted so far? Bearing in mind that we are twenty six issues in, I think. Nothing. <laughs> but I now have the models. And as and when I have the time and sort of desire to do that, I can just sort of pull them out and go, right, I'm going to do this today. Um, uh, here's, the, here's, also, here's the question. Will you ever get around to doing it? I will do, yes. Uh, especially okay. the, Well, both of them, because I, I'm doing my salamanders. Obviously, I've got my Necrons. My Necrons are my main army. And the the problem that I've had so far is that a lot of the stuff early on in the magazine's run is stuff that I've already got, and I've already got the, like stuff built and painted that's the same units, like Warriors, 
the score pick destroyers, all that sort of stuff. Mm. The stuff that's coming in the second half, that's the stuff that I haven't got yet. That's what I'll probably do first. And then the the other stuff that I've got early on will be stuff that I will go back to and add to and build up the army as I go along. Okay. Um, Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And well, with the Space Marines, I'll I'll do all of it eventually. It's just getting around. I need to get back into my Space Marines. I've not done anything with them for a while. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I've got uh, part of my build everything. I have a big stack of Space Marines that um, oh, I need to pick a chapter to go with. And I was just like, oh, Oh, I've got to dive into this pool of madness. Uh, um, I was thinking uh, I've got three three chapters in mind. Imperial fists. No. no Raven guard. No. No. Two. Two. So, first one. You'll is it a, is it like a weird successor chapter that no one's ever heard? No, of? no, no. People because you, well, you're trying to be edgy. No, no. Right. One one of them. One of them you may not have heard so much of. Uh, one of them's quite popular, and the other one everyone knows about. So one ultramarines. No, right. First, first one you'll like is I'm thinking salamanders. Yes. Yep. So salamanders is on the cards, uh, quite high up there. Second one is known, not so much, but possibly the carcaridons. Do you know them? I think the expression on my face says that I don't. Space sharks. Oh, is that them ones? Yeah. Are they the ones that have got the really jazzy colour scheme? They're grey. Or am I thinking... Oh, no, I'm thinking of someone else. Which, <laughs> who are the ones that have got, like, uh, hazard stripes and stuff? Are they Iron Warriors? No, it's it's a chapter... Uh, Do you think of Howling Griffins? No, the sad ones. Oh, the uh, Lamenters. The Lamenters, that's the one. Yeah, no, it's not that. I don't want to have a cursed... Thing, not like that. Well, say so I, I, I retract that statement. The third one, which is not so commonly known, is the black dragons. Do you know of the black dragons? No, I've no, I know blue-eyed white dragon. Right? Yeah, no, no, not a Yu-Gi-Oh thing. The black dragons are a successor to, we believe, the salamanders, but they're part of the cursed founding. Right. They mutate to have bone claws, and like Ooh. they have like horns that come out of their helmets like big big old spikes and then they have like wolverine style bone claws come out of like their wrists and stuff like that amazing and it was just like that's cool are they are they, are they chaos or no they, no they're are they just are they just weirdo boys yeah they're just weirdo boys yeah they're, oh, nice. they're loyalists but yeah they they've uh they're just like they'll just have big old bone spikes that'll pop out of their arms and stuff like that and you're like that's cool and they kind of drag. Well, that's this. some. Well, that's some extra reading for me to do. Um, yeah. After the after we finish recording, because they oh. sound awesome. They're in the. I think they're in the Salamanders trilogy. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I got I got to deal with. Anyway, back to the uh, Partworks magazine. So I'm not interested in Stormbringer whatsoever, which is the new one which is coming out. However, yeah. apart f- apart from, there's dragons in that. So is the that, dragons included in it? The dragons are in Stormbringer. Now, when are they? they are the little ones, I did not realize that. Yeah, see, and again, get a dragon for nine pounds. The only thing that I'll say that I like about this one, I mean, I mean, it, it is still. I thought it was out. I thought it was like out, out. They put a thing out say the first issue available on this date, second issue two weeks later, and then weekly after that. I think that this is just the 
test run. Right. Okay. So it's not for out. the first yeah. few issues. I don't think it's actually out. Out. Although I've not seen anywhere saying that it's only a test run. The the announcement that I saw from GW didn't say it was a test run. But everyone else is saying it's a test run. So I'm going to go with that. <laughs> um, and assume that it's going to be out in a few months. Even so, we're still very early on in Imperium. But the thing that I do like about this new one is that it's not just this faction and this faction. It's chaos, It's order and destruction. You see, now that's, that's interesting to me because I find... Too many factions put... I mean, that kind of put me off Imperium a little bit because the, you had, like, Sisters of Battle and stuff show up and there was a couple of... Was there Yeah, so there's, there's, there's Skitari, uh, there's Admech, yep. and Sisters of Battle and Space Marines, and then the other side is Necrons. Oh, okay, so, so it is, it's an Imperium Necrons thing. It's not yeah. necessarily Space... Oh, no, okay. So, so all I'm doing with mine is I'm sending my Sisters of Battle to a friend and they're sending me their admic. Because uh, I've got no interest in doing Sisters of Battle. Uh, I need to find someone that wants to sell their flayed ones, but not at a silly price. Anyway, back on point. <laughs> um, so the next one's Order and Destruction then. So it's Order and... Yeah, I think it's Order and Destruction. So you don't just get... It's not just Stormcast and Orcs. Which is what I assumed it would be. I thought it would just be the same armies that were in the Dominion mm-hmm. box set. Yeah, yeah. But it's those, but then other stuff as well, um, which I think is pretty cool. Because then, because I, I don't, I mean, I don't play Age of Sigmar, but I'm assuming that you can mix and match different factions that are under the same sort of banner. Like if they're all destruction or chaos or yeah, whatever. It very, it very much works the same way as like 40k does though. If you are a whole of one thing, you get better buffs rather yeah, than that makes like sense. soup listing. Um, so soup listing to anyone that's not sure it's like you take a bit of another faction, a bit of another faction, you kind of mix them all together uh, to create this force. Now that usually causes problems because each force has its own special traits and people used to allow buffs to cross between different armies and stuff. It was all a bit mental. Um, I think in 40k they've kind of put an end to that now. Yeah, they got rid of that. Yeah, yeah. pretty much completely. It's You only get buffs if you're all, all the same. Like with my Necrons, like I can't even take two different... Um, dynasties. Dynasties with Necrons yeah. and because then they don't get the buffs. Oh, complete nice. complete side thing. Have you uh, listened to or read uh, Twice Dead King, Ruin, and Rain? Uh, I have read Ruin. Okay. Uh, I've not read Rain yet I've, I've... Uh, because uh, I I read Ruin. Basically, I picked up Ruin and uh, Infinite and Divine at the same time. Ah, gotcha. So I read Ruin because I was really excited because it was brand new and I thought, finally, I'm going to read a book that's brand new and be, you know, in on the, in in, in straight away. Cool kids trained. Yeah, that's it. So I read that and really enjoyed it and then started reading Infinite and Divine. Uh, I'm still reading Infinite and Divine. They're very uh, different. Half... They're very different, aren't they? They are so different. They're very different. So I'm about, I'm about halfway through that now. Um... And then once I've finished that, I will be reading Rain because I have picked that up. I've got I managed to get the hardback. Um, I actually picked up the hardback copy for uh, Infinite and Divine today as well, actually from uh, from Mayfield. Yeah. Um, 
nice. The um, uh, rain is very good. It's it's got an interesting twist at the end. I'm looking forward. To, I'm looking forward to it. I really, really enjoyed Ruin. Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to Rain. Um, Do you find with Infinite the Divine versus Ruin a complete tangent, everyone? So just brace yourself. Um, yeah, maybe on future episodes we should have a, a book corner. Yeah, we could do. Ooh, that's, ooh. that's not a bad idea. Yeah, actually, yeah, let's do that. Um, so <laughs> Ruin seems to work in normal real time thing. It just seems to like work that way. That's how. That's how Ruin works. Like the passage of time is normal. Infinite and Divine seems to cross millennia. It's like they'll, they'll have it's a conversation. Ruin, yeah, they'll have a conversation. And it lasts like four weeks. And you're like, eh? And it yeah. literally say they they tell a joke or something, and they wait two hours before responding. And I'm like, the span of that thing. I don't know how they're not at the end of the universe by now. Um, <laughs> it's it's Necrons, isn't it? A few thousand years is not to them. It, it just seems right. mental though, because like, surely like between the Horus Heresy and 40k would be just gone. Like that whole, I'm sure that like they've gone past the 40k there into like 52k or something like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, mental. Anyway, yeah, that's a nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think that's a good idea. We should we should do a, a book a book corner or something. Mm, mm. Or like maybe maybe talk or maybe like a dedicated episode or maybe just a section where we go. This is what we've been reading. Ooh, we I can, don't know. Yeah, we or can. listening to. Yeah, just like audiobooks are fine as well. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, uh, much like many people in the world, actually sitting down and reading something right now is uh, uh, sparse novelty treasure. Um, so yeah, listen- I, I really like sitting down and reading a, a book. Like it's my, it's so relaxing. Mm-hmm. I I do listen to audiobooks, um, but I much prefer sitting and reading an actual book, even if it does take longer. Interesting. I've I've kind of I've I used to be that way. I've now like moved into like audible, like just audiobooks so I can do all my other things at the same time. Um but I, I think that's personal preference. I used to read quite yeah. quite a lot, but not so much anymore with everything that's busy. Being a goddamn YouTuber. <laughs> True story. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think that about covers the Partworks magazine. Uh, take a look at that if you're looking at. Uh, Don't buy the Age dragons. Don't buy the dragons. I want the dragons. Yeah. Leave the dragons for Elston. Yeah. Um, I'm passing on it. It's there if you want it. I guess if you're not already subscribed to Imperium, it's probably a little bit more enticing. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it looks all right. Yeah. Um, the the only other bit of news, and it's only a, a quick message. Our friend Dan over at Lion Tower Miniatures, currently has a Kickstarter running for a Barbarian pinup model. Uh, it's an STL file for 3D printing. Um, so I just wanted to give that a quick mention. We've both, me and Elson have both seen the model, seen the file, looks gorgeous, looks really nice. Um, so yeah, the Kickstarter should still be running. I think when I looked last, it was Tuesday, and I think it got 17 days left on it. So it's probably got about... 14, 13 or 14 days left on it. So a couple of weeks. Um, go and check it out. We'll put a link wherever links go on all the various different places. Yeah. And, uh, it's a great op- check that out. It's a great opportunity for um, learning how to paint skin and um, to get... <laughs> this is going to sound bad. Get used to the female form. Uh, yeah. 
I'm 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 planning on printing it out at some point in the next week or so, purely for that, for for having something to practice painting skin. On. Yeah, he's a pinup model, so you know there's a lot of skin on show. No, uh, but it's very nice. He's done it. Dan's done a fantastic job on that. So go and check him out. That's Lion Tower Minis. Yeah, you can find them on my mini factory as well. Um, but obviously, this is this one's on Kickstarter currently. Wunderbar. And I think that about rounds up what we wanted to do mm. this episode. It's exactly. It's been it's been a little bit rough. Yeah, I imagine the one of the things that I've noticed is like. Obviously, because we're not in person, so there's slight delay on the call. Yeah, yeah. So it's finding that flow where we're not talking over each other and stuff. But I think we've done a good job. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll try out some different media as well because Discord is uh, hit and miss. So yeah. uh, we'll look at seeing if we can do other things or like Zoom calls or whatever to do it and we'll tweak the audio as well i've got some more equipment coming to help out with that because uh, no idea how this is going to come out but yeah we're <laughs> i'm sure it'll be fine yeah we're we're if it's rough and ready just bear with us we we're going to make it better just promise us yeah we we kind of know what we're doing tech wise but we've never done this before so yeah, we'll be fine. But yeah, I've enjoyed it. I think it's been fine. I hope you've enjoyed this first episode of Wargamers Anonymous. Um, if you've got any suggestions for segments in episodes or topics you would like us to discuss or news that you would like us to sort of talk about um, or anything, any of the suggestions or ideas for the show, um, chuck us a message. We're both on Discord. We're both on uh, Instagram and, and YouTube and all those places. So chuck us, chuck us a message and... Uh, We'll we'll take it into account and we'll hopefully the the podcast will will grow and become its own thing and a we'll be, we'll a beautiful get into it. flower of glory. Yeah. That. yeah. <laughs> um, so Elston, where can people find you on the World Wide Web? You know what? For, for once, I'm going to try and be professional. My name is Elston. You can find me on my channel Elston Nation on YouTube. There is a Facebook page Elston Nations Mini. I'm also on Instagram. Um, there is a Facebook group I'm working on at the moment, but I need to do more about that. So I'm not going to mention any more about that, but I will in the future. And yeah, that's where I am. Come along for some interesting videos, some hobby hangout live things, and yeah, usual craziness. And, and my name's Josh, obviously. You can find me over on the Pickle Jar or on my live stream channel on YouTube, which is Pickle Vision. Um, either one of those, come and check me out. I do videos on miniature painting and hobby-related topics. I do live streams every Wednesday and every other Sunday morning um, where I'm usually painting stuff or looking at the latest hobby news. Um, you can also find me on Instagram, TikTok, and everything. If you just search for The Pickle Jar, I will show up. Um, so thanks very much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. Rough first episode, but we will get better. Stick with us. Um, chuck us messages if you've got any suggestions. And uh, yeah, I hope you've enjoyed yourself here with us for the premiere episode of Wargamers Anonymous. Episode uno. 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 Not dos, just uno. Oh no, oh no. Yes. I feel like we should uh, have some music or something at the end. Like, how do you end a podcast? <laughs> <laughs>